So I found myself in this place that I just was familiar with and I knew how to make my way around to certain places. And I went to this restaurant that I guess in my dream, I was just aware that I had been there many times before. Um, It looked like very small and old timey, like something in the East End, I guess, or in Montreal. And I was at a table with a bunch of people, no one specific to my waking life. And they were all speaking in the same dialect that American actors spoken in like 1950s movies or like Audrey Hepburn-esque in Breakfast at Tiffany's. The only real reference I can compare it to when I woke up what I thought of. Um, And I'm at this table and there's a discussion going on and I'm a part of it and at one point I get up from the table and I go to a convenience store and again I just know exactly how to get there and I'm in this convenience store and I get money out of a machine I get like $150 I want to say in 20s but that doesn't really add up so I guess it's like $140 and I'm holding the money out in a way that you could fan it like when you fan your money and I'm holding it like that when I go back to the restaurant but when I'm back at the restaurant the table and all the people I was with at that table are gone some of them are standing up paying there seems to be this line or a wait to have to pay and I'm saying bye to people as they pass me but no one sees me and no one or I don't know if they see me but no one acknowledges my presence and at this point I'm feeling extremely anxious and it's like one of those dreams where you're in and out of sleep and you're kind of aware that you're dreaming so I'm very aware of the feeling of being anxious so all these people are passing by me and I'm, I'm waiting to pay because I don't want to dine and dash. And I'm holding all these 20s out, kind of trying to get the attention of the guy working behind the bar. And I'm holding them out in a very show-offy way. But I can't really seem to get anyone who works there's attention. And it makes me really upset. So then I just leave and I didn't pay. And it's nighttime, but it's not nighttime. It looks almost like an overcast day. But for some odd reason, there's this acknowledgement that that's what nighttime is like in the street. And that's all I really remember about that dream. I just, I always find myself in places like, you know, when you read a story from the nineties, like a children's book, and there are those little maps of the town at the beginning, it almost feels like all my dreams are like that. Like there are these little 
they, like these little old fashioned movie sets of like New York City, but I just somehow know where everything is. The dialect in my dream being very old timey, like how I kind of feel actors in old movies, like like they're kind of speaking fast with an accent, like very breathy. I watched Breakfast at Tiffany's earlier this week for the first time, so that's 100% why that was in my mind. Uh, the movie's really sad, and the acting's really bad. <laughs> the reason that movie I found a little depressing is because every time they're outside, Audrey Hepburn's outside with that blonde dude, or whatever the fuck his name is, um... There's no one around. Like, there's no hustle and bustle, and it's eerie. And I feel like in my dreams, it's the same sort of thing when I'm referring to a set. There's, like, almost no one around. And no one is acknowledging me. It's like I'm a ghost. Like, I can see them and they can't see me type thing. Definitely in the dream, there was no guilt, where in real life, I would hope there would be some guilt. It was it was more related and rooted in what other people are, are going to think of me not paying or, like, not leaving this huge tip in cash. It's, I guess, like, comes from, like, a need to impress people or a need to be acknowledged or a need for people to know I have money. I feel the closer I get to 30, even though I'm only 26, so you might be rolling your eyes. But the closer I get to 30, the more I feel the path I've chosen, which when you're in your early 20s, you're like, whatever, it's unconventional, no one cares. But the older I get in my 20s, the more I can feel this unspoken judgment from a lot of people's parents, for example. And yeah, I, like, it definitely bothers me on some level, even though I'm like, fuck that, that's not what life's about. I don't value those things. I know how hard people with Joe Jobs work. I do definitely feel people's energy when I talk about things that I do. And I, I don't know, I'm big on, I, I'm really big on feeling energy and I guess it overwhelms me because I somehow like take on their energy of judgment a lot of the people maybe I grew up with you know like midtown Toronto young and Eglinton a lot of people I grew up around are very very wealthy the older I get I'm more aware of how much their parents value their children being wealthy like, for example, I was at dinner with a friend and the parents kept talking about how much money their child was making, how excited they were that their child was going to be making a lot of money rather than being excited that their child really liked their job or felt really happy in their job. And this was in it. This was a circumstance where it was very much obvious because they were saying it out loud. But even people who don't say it out loud, I know there is that unspoken want for your child to be well off. Not for everyone, but for a lot of people, definitely in my life. 
And one, it bothers me because maybe I'm jealous that I don't have that kind of like financial security. Two, it bothers me because I feel as though I work just as hard and there's that judgment from a lot of people who have maybe never worked in the service industry or had multiple little jobs to get by so they don't really acknowledge how hard it is and then number three being an actor if someone has never seen you in anything because let's face it like I'm not in anything quote-unquote famous in their mind they don't really think that you're any good it's that you know, that stereotype like, oh, she's a waitress in L.A. trying to be an actor, just like everyone else. So I I can just almost read their mind that that's what they're thinking. The older I get, the m- more I realize that the most important thing in life is being happy. And you always know that because people say that or it's on a magnet or on a wine o'clock live, laugh, love sign in someone's house in the country. But it's actually true that being happy is the most important thing. Everyone's so unhappy and it's, it's a part of life to be unhappy, but the world we live in is so dangerous and toxic that I realize the only freedom you have is truly in your mind and your mindset and your outlook So I don't know. I don't know how to achieve it. Obviously, there's moments of it. Like, for example, riding your bike and listening to music and you are so wrapped up in that feeling that it's just awesome. And you're like, oh, life is awesome. Or if you're connecting with someone or you're having a moment in a day where you're not stressed out or thinking about things. I mean, if it were up to me, life would be a party. I feel like that's what raccoons do every day. They party. Like, that's what life is about. I've really become obsessed with raccoons over the pandemic. The one animal I was afraid of, I'm no longer afraid of. I admire them greatly. Like, stealing other people's food, fucking fighting in the trees, like, having sex. Like, they're like the Artful Dodger and Oliver Twist. They're cool. There's something so beautiful about a rainy day. There's something so incredibly sad about a rainy day. But at the same time, it's so happy and quiet and it smells good and it's depressing and it's nostalgic like rainy days are so nostalgic and that's why they're so beautiful and everything in between that feeling that a rainy day makes me feel like and there is a lot of sadness in it is the tone of most of my dreams especially this specific dream and you're like wow Life is so sad, but that is so damn beautiful. Dream Logic is made by me, Elias Campbell, and Sean Sutherland, with producer Victoria Hoare. Original score by Sean Sutherland. 
Cover art by Stephen McLaughlin. Special thanks to this week's guest, Hannah. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DreamLogicShow. If you have a dream you'd like to share, email us at dreamlogicpod at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share the show with a friend. You can also make a donation via our website, dreamlogicpodcast.com, which will help us continue to make the show. Thanks for listening.